Greetings in the Lord Jesus. I told someone this week I had two sermons in mind. I don't plan to preach them both, by the way. Uh, I did come to a choice. Uh, the one would have been titled, uh, When Faith Doesn't Work. And I may still preach that one sometime. Uh, but uh, the other one just has to do with fruit bearing. I noticed in Brother Paul's prayer, he uh, got us off to a good start. So the title this morning is, Herein is my Father Glorified. So let's go to uh, John chapter 15. Herein is my Father Glorified, Jesus said. <clears throat> and so we're not saved by works, by doing things, but uh, on this side of being saved, uh, we bear fruit which I guess could be called works. But the All right. Verse 8 here is where the title comes from, just for in case you haven't figured that out yet. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Well, let's go back and begin at verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. All right, so if you don't bear fruit, you're removed from the vine. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And so if you are bearing fruit, you can expect to be pruned, cleansed. Now, if you are pruned through the word which I have spoken unto you, it's the same word as purgeth in the verse before, so you've already been pruned some through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Now, this is all pretty simple. Uh, if you're a branch on the vine and you want to bear fruit, you have to stay on the vine. If you get disconnected from the vine, you're going to stop bearing fruit. So verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Abide ye in my love. Okay, it says continue in the King James. It's the same word as abide in other places here. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might abide in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, 
For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit, fruit should abide, that whatsoever you ask, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. <clears throat> we'll stop there. All right. So what does God want out of his people? You look at this passage and you just have to come to the conclusion he wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to bring him glory and we do that by bearing fruit. And this passage tells us how to do it. We abide in him and he abides in us. It's a mutual abiding. What's a fruit bearing life look like? Well, follow Jesus through the Gospels. Observe his life, how he lived for others, how he gave and gave and gave. And I, I had to think about that. Was it automatic? Did it come automatic for him? That is... Okay, he was human as well as divine. He faced human limitations. True, he was only 33 years old, or in his early 30s. Uh, so Nathan there's about 30. He's got lots of energy. But he does get tired. He does reach the end of, how old are you? You're 30, right? 29. Okay, haven't quite got him there yet. But <clears throat> So, Jesus was young, by the way. <laughs> But yes, he got tired, he got weary, he had 24 hours in a day, just like we do. He needed to eat, probably had a good appetite. Now, I thought about it, the one day Jesus was going somewhere to heal, I think it was the nobleman's son, and, and someone touched the hem of his garment. And he kind of made a big deal out of it. I mean, to the disciples it seemed that way. But think about what he said. Someone did touch me. Someone, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is going out of me. He bore fruit. Did it come automatic? No, he had to give of himself to do it. And I don't know exactly how all that worked with, with the perfect God man, but he was a man and he had to choose to serve people. He had to choose to give of himself. And I just had to think about that. We do too. What does God really want of us? Herein is my Father glorified that you bear fruit. And so it requires something of us. Well, it was even that way in the Old Testament. I'm going to read a number of scriptures this morning just to, to get around a little. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 5. Just a... I just finished reading through the Old Testament. I started January 1st and finished a couple of days ago. I wanted to do it quickly this time, and I was impressed in a number of ways, but it was an interesting thing to do. I knew somebody that read the whole Bible in a month recently, and I decided there was no way I could handle that, but got through a little quicker. 
than normal. And so I read some of these, well, I read all these passages recently, and some of them struck me. Even in the Old Testament, God wanted fruit from his people. Now will I sing to my well-beloved the song of my well-beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, why then, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes? And I'll go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trotten down, and I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned nor dig. There shall come up friars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. I wanted fruit. I got thorns instead, or wild grapes here. Another passage, Luke chapter 19. And I about concluded you could, I could go almost anywhere and read passages and they would fit in some way or other. But anyway, Luke 19 was one I read just the other day in my personal devotions. Verse 11. And as they heard these things, Jesus added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy, do business, till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading, how well they'd done with their business, using his money. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, thou have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury, with interest. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you, that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. But 
those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Occupy till I come. Do business until I come with what I've given you. Bear fruit, we would say. Or we could just say, have faith. Believe God. If we believe God, well, we will bear fruit. We will give our lives to him. We sing sometimes that song, Channels Only. And I've thought about that, and I like the song. But I thought, well, you know, that, the, the title anyway, leaves something to be desired, Channels Only. In John chapter 7, this is a passage I often think about in relation to that. This is Jesus at the Feast of the Tabernacles, I think. Verse 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Channels only. Do you want to be only a channel? Do you want to be just a tube that the Lord flows through to others? No. I'd rather be a spring where the, the water wells up in me and spreads out and, and I benefit from it too. And really, that's the way it's supposed to be. I, not like tide spring either, by the way. Do y'all know what tide springs is? Any of you? Raise your hand. There's a just a few. It's a little spring down close to Broadway, Virginia. Actually, it's not so small. And you walk in there through the field to it. And there's this low place in the ground, and it looks like a creek going out from it. But it's dry. And every couple of hours or so, it just all of a sudden wells up and flows like crazy. I mean, 1,000 gallons a minute? I don't know. It's fast for a few minutes. And then stops again. Now, it's a wonder somebody hasn't taken it and commercialized it, but they haven't that I know of. But not like that. Just a, a spring that keeps on flowing. Uh, the Valley of Baca. Turn with me to Psalm 84. Thought about that. Maybe is a good description. Psalm 84. All right, so we're talking about fruit bearing. We're talking about, well, abiding so we can bear fruit. So let's start about verse 3. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself. This is Psalm 84. Where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. Abide in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who... Passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. And maybe I'll stop there, but this valley of Baca, they're not exactly sure what Baca means, but anyway, it's a dry valley. 
But when the man who's abiding in God passes through it, it greens up. <laughs> he makes it a well. The rain filleth the pools. When we abide in the Lord, when we're drinking of the Holy Spirit and he's flowing up through us, it flows out to others. It's not like I said that we're tubes where it just kind of comes through us and spouts out. <clears throat> no, we benefit from it first. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit, we say sometimes. Well, that's talking about, I think, the, uh, the teacher or the preacher, especially the one who is going to be prepared to, to overflow to others has to be first partaker. And it's true of us, all of us. Psalm 1, verse 3. We know it, but I can't start it right there probably. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So you have this tree back in the back hall. There's a picture of it, by the way, uh, that's planted by the water. It's got its roots down in that nourishment. It's taking in, and it's giving out the fruit. It's not like the fig tree that Jesus came to one day and it was all green and looked good but no fruit on it. And again, I will remind us that that tree gives of itself to, to make that fruit. Some trees are apple trees, some trees are peach trees, some are apricots, some are kiwis, except that's not a tree, maybe it's more shrub. But anyway, you know... Uh, not all fruit is the same. Brother J.P.'s fruit isn't my fruit. And we could just go back through here and say we're all different. And the fruit that's produced comes with our flavor in it. It's our fruit as well as his fruit. But it comes because our roots are in the Lord Jesus. We're abiding there, taking him in, and the fruit comes out. So it's a, I guess we could say it's a combination effort. The Lord doesn't do it without us. But we can't do it on our own. Well, John 13, 34 and 35, familiar verses to us. I'll read them again, though. John 13. Thirty-four. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by your fruit bearing, shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. If our roots are in the Lord Jesus, if we're drinking of the Holy Spirit and that river's flowing up through us, we're going to be loving each other. That's going to be an identifying trait. Now, again, it doesn't happen automatically. It happens by decision, it happens by decisions, choices, little choices. It happens by responses to each other and the way we uh, love each other and, and choose to think about each other. And well, we're so human. I'm so human. It, it's pretty easy to think human thoughts. <laughs> that is, Maybe not always God's thoughts or the thoughts that the Lord would have me to think. And I need to make those choices continually. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. 
talks about fruits here. First he talks about fruits of the flesh. And, and then the kind of fruits that come out of those that are rooted in the Spirit. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, temperance, faith, by the way, uh, many of the versions use faithfulness, not a lot of difference. Against these things, there's no law, but neither is there any law other than the law of Christ that uh, can make them happen, and even that can't make them happen without us cooperating. These kind of things flow out of us as we as we are rooted in the Holy Spirit, as we have our roots down into the water of life, the Lord Jesus, as we well, continue on in the verse 24 and 25, as and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also make our choices in such a way that we walk in the Spirit. Then we bear his kind of fruit. And you could move on down into the next chapter. Our choices make the difference. Verse 7, don't be deceived. God won't be mocked. Whatsoever a man plants is what's going to grow. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So let us not be weary in well-doing. As a fruit of that life that's that's welling up within us, let's not be weary in well-doing. It's not a matter that we're trying to do something to get saved or to stay saved, by the way. This is a result of, of abiding in Christ and him abiding in us. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Oh, let us not be weary in it. I guess that gives us the idea that we could become weary in it. Do you ever get a little weary in well-doing? <clears throat> I have. <laughs> So it's a choice we have to make. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Well, let's go to James chapter 2. told you we were going to get around to a number of scriptures When we abide in Christ, we bear fruit. The flow, the flow flows, I guess we could say. So uh, verse 21, talking about faith and works here. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, worked together with his works? And by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Just a dead 
tree standing there shriveled. Down in the next chapter, verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. The Holy Spirit welling up in us, that spring of life. There's only one kind of water that comes out of that. And when there's another kind it comes, it comes from a different source. And Nathan told us this morning what that is, too. We have to take responsibility for that ourselves. Neither does your fig tree bear olives or anything else. Crab apples or uh, hedge apples or <laughs> any of those things that we don't like to eat too well. So verse th 13 and on there, I'll just read 13 yet. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the heart, we do what we do. That's where the fruit comes from. And again, it's kind of easy to be human and allow those wrong thoughts to well up when something doesn't go right, when the Oh my, you know how it is. Just most anything can come along where that doesn't please us. And, and we start grumbling or murmuring or looking down our snoot at somebody and wondering why in the world do they act that way? And, and our thoughts go in ways that aren't good. And eventually it comes out our mouth if we don't take care of it. that's not the kind of water that wells up from the Holy Spirit. Well, back up. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 <coughs> talk about giving. And Paul starts by telling the people at Corinth about the churches in Macedonia. So, 2 Corinthians 8, begin at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we want you to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Wow, an interesting verse. So, take great trial of afflictions, abundance of joy, and deep poverty all right, we'll do a math equation. Great trial of affliction plus abundance of joy plus deep poverty equals riches of liberality. Well, anyway, even though they were poor, even though they were afflicted, they had joy in the Lord, and they were giving liberally. 
with simplicity, the Greek says. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us, asking us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift from them and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So the Jews in Jerusalem, there was a, a drought going on and they needed, they had a need. And these Macedonians, even though they were poor, they, they begged Paul and whoever else was with him, take this money and take it. We want to give, we want to help. And so that's normal for someone whose roots are in the banks of the river where the water is flowing. It's normal for the person through whom the Holy Spirit is welling up to be a giver. That's life. And giving money here doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's just part of the package. It uh, is a normal part of giving. Where I want to give of myself and my money, my stuff, whatever, to help where there's a need. We, it's a normal thing. It's not separate from the rest of life. In fact, all of life is, is just giving. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We just give. We give to the Lord. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, Glorify God in your bodies, which are God's. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. And so we give ourselves to him. We give our lives to allowing him to take us and use us and, and bear that fruit for his glory. And, well, every once in a while... We find the old man, the old self, the flesh, I guess it is, crying out. But wait, what about me? What do I get out of this? Stop that. I want a piece of this pie. <laughs> Maybe yourself doesn't do that. So Jesus said, losing your life to him is really the only way to find it, to really find it. Do we believe that? Do you believe that? Do I believe that? And if I believe it, well then yes, I am giving. So Peter, in our memory work in chapter 1, says we are partakers of the divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1, I'm not sure what I see it. But anyway... Uh, partakers of the divine nature. What is God's nature? Well, God is love. I thought of that, and I thought of for God so loved that he gave. That's just the way God is. Yes, there are other things about it, but those are, are foundational to his nature. He gives. Okay, so we're fruit-bearing. 
I noticed even back in the Isaiah chapter, he mentioned pruning. And their pruning was not punishment. That's not... Okay, down, down in close to Bridgewater, there are some vineyards planted in the last 20 years, at least since we moved up here. And uh, we've driven past them a couple of times recently. They're along Jordan Stretch. Some of you know where that is. Uh, piles of branches down at the bottom of the hill, and they've just scun those vines down to, looks like, not very much. Even the pruning is to make it bear more fruit. Well, especially the pruning, I guess we could say, is to make us bear more fruit. And so, well, there's Hebrews chapter 12. For one example, where he finishes up chapter 11, especially talking about people who had cruel mocking, scourging, bonds, imprisonment, stones, all asunder, tempted, slain with the sword, destitute, afflicted, tormented. But then he begins chapter 12, uh, Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You've not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And you've forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. This is from Proverbs 3. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he spanketh, we could say. He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards, you're illegitimate, and not sons. Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our fruit bearing, we could say, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. So, sure, life sends us some difficult things. And sometimes they come on and seem sort of fast and heavy. Sometimes those are meant to chop off some branches. Sometimes they're to give us opportunity to bear fruit right there on the spot that glorifies him, I'm sure. But it's part of life. And you could go a couple pages to the right in your Bible to James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy. This is James 1, 2. When you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing, wanting nothing. 
And so back in First Peter, a few more pages to the right, wherein you greatly rejoice, talking about our salvation, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, brings forth more fruit. And that's what our passage back in John 15 said too. He prunes it that it brings forth more fruit. It's for our good, it's for our growth, even for our glory. <laughs> and it gives us more empathy to help others. It gives us something with which to help others. Paul talked about it in 2 Corinthians 1, talking about God who comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Let's go back yet to John chapter 15 once more. was just noticing down toward the end of what I read, verse 14, you are my friends. And verse 15, I don't call you servants anymore. Though we are. I've called you friends. And then verse 16, I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And he gives a promise. Whatsoever you shall ask in the, the Father in my name, it may be given you. Will we go through? Will we give our lives to fruit-bearing in the Lord Jesus? It doesn't come automatic. It costs us something. It costs us our lives. No, we gain our lives. But naturally speaking, everything is against us. Our fallen nature that we got from Adam, it's against us. The flesh. Those desires that stay with us, even though we are Christians, yes, we live in the flesh, and there are things that, that will pull our desires away if we let it. The devil and his angels, the world, everything's against us. Are we going to go through? Well, I guess we could say everything is for us, too. We have a new nature, not the old fallen nature. We've been recreated, a new creature in Christ. We've been given a new want to, a new desire. Yes, we're still in the flesh and it will ever be with us. And so we must abide in him. We must constantly choose to stay there. To mind the spirit, to sow to the spirit, not to the flesh. It's a choice we're going to have to make again and again and again and again daily and, and more often than that even. That I will mind the Holy Spirit. I will not choose just what pleases me. We have to allow the water to flow in. We have to drink it in, pull it in, beg for the Lord to send it in, and let it flow through and fill us and flow back out to others too. 
We've got to keep the nourishment coming into our roots. We need to stay on the vine. Say it however you want. If the fruit's going to be produced on our branches. Well, the devil and his angels, yes, they're against us. And we're no match for them. But they're no match for our Lord either. So we need to abide in him. We need to trust him. The world, yeah, the world is out there. The, the mindset of our age, of any age that we live in, it pushes in on us from every side. It rubs off on us sometimes. We need to be constantly coming back to the Lord and being pruned and cleansed. To, it's kind of like taking a bath. We've got to scrub off that dirt that we get on us. The world's mindset is there and we have to deal with it. For them, but not for us, life is about me. Life is about fun. Life is about living the way I want to live and having my way. And that's the world's view, the world's mindset. And we need to work against it in ourselves. The last verse, by the way, of John 15, Jesus says this. Is it a whale? I don't know where it is. I thought it was there. <laughs> well, I can give it to you anyway. Where is it? <laughs> John 16, Okay, sorry. I thought something didn't seem right. These things I have spoken unto you that you might, that in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What does God want of us? Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Wherein will we find the greatest joy, the greatest satisfaction, the greatest good in life? Fruit bearing. Receive of God, be filled. Drink it in, make it your own, let it flow back out to others, do it for his glory. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Let's have a song.